0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Fleeky Foods and Friends. I'm super excited about today's guest. Today we have Nicole of A Healthy Profit. If you guys don't already follow her, she is a lifestyle brand that not only teaches you about ways to save money, but also ways to stay healthy and is also a wellness influencer. I love her, she's so sweet. And if you don't follow her already, make sure to go do so. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say if you guys like this episode and want to rate and review it, that would be awesome. It helps me out a lot as a podcaster. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode of Fleaky Foods and Friends. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Okay, so I thought that we could just start with like you introducing how you started your account, why you started your account, and super interesting, obviously, kind of your hybrid account where it's the saving money as well as the wellness. So what kind of got you into that? I
1: know. I think that my brand is definitely different than most because I do incorporate healthy living and the finance aspect of it. But I got into it because I decided at my age of 27 that I finally figured things out for me personally. Like I found that balance that I feel like a lot of people are looking for Mm -hmm. where I can finally figure out foods that are healthy for me, that make me feel good, make me feel energized. And I also paid off all my student loans, like have no debt, started investing. And I feel like my brand is more of like a lifestyle brand, I guess we would call it, because it really does incorporate wellness and finance. And when you think about health and finance, they're really similar, right? We have to have that same mindset. So if you are looking to lose weight, you have to have that mindset. For example, this, I'm I'm motivated. I'm determined. I'm going to use preventative measures to make sure I don't gain more weight or, or, you know, something Mm -hmm. similar to that. Same thing with finance, right? If you see this $100,000 debt piling up. You have to have that mindset like, okay, I'm going to make some sacrifices. I'm going to be motivated and driven to make these changes and that is I think what inspired me to start my brand this hybrid model of like health and wealth because the two topics although they seem totally different, they really are interconnected through their mindset. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: That's amazing that you have your student debt paid off by 27. That's incredible. I feel like people have it for just years after that, if not decades. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So to be honest, so I went to Quinnipiac University in Connecticut Mm -hmm. and I had my parents. They were so sweet to help me pay the four years of undergrad. Mm-hmm. And during those four years of undergrad, I was actually an RA, so a resident assistant. It helped me save a ton of money. So I had that mindset even when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know, I'm going to help my parents out. Like, I want to thank them for what they're doing for me. So I was a resident assistant that helped a ton with the undergrad cost. Mm-hmm. And then I went for another three years for grad school to become a physical therapist. So that was all on me. So I had to get graduate assistantships. I had to find cheaper housing. I had to really buckle down on my savings. So I think being in that hard position when I was younger really helped me formulate that mindset like financially that I have now.
0: Got it. So then where did you kind of find your love for saving money? Because I feel like a lot of people, younger people, especially, especially nowadays, aren't really keen on spending money and just kind of live in the moment and spend it there.
1: I hear you. And that is why my blog, I try to really direct towards millennials because I get Mm -hmm. that feeling of, oh, all my friends are going out. I have to go out or else I'm going to get FOMO. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to miss out on all this fun. But I think you really have to want to save money. You really want to make a change in your life. And for me, I got my love of money from when I was younger. Honestly, I thought it was boring. I'm not going to lie. Every night sitting at the dinner table with my parents, Mm -hmm. my dad would go on rants about saving money and (laughs) investing and he would always say things like you guys have to remember to live below your means and Mm -hmm. he'd say things like you know mom and mom and i are sacrificing a lot for you guys to have this awesome life Mm -hmm. you know this that and the other thing and at the time being like 15 i was like oh my god dad shut (laughs) up
0: yeah just in one ear out the other (laughs)
1: exactly But it's funny how much, like, even when you're younger, it goes in and out, Mm -hmm. you kind of retain it the more your parents say it to you. So I'm really fortunate to have a good upbringing where my dad was so into money and saving. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just carried with me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have a really fun life. I go out with my friends, I buy healthy, you know, organic foods, I go shopping, you know, saving money, and I want to make sure that this is really clear to people, saving money doesn't mean that you are a loner, you know, mm-hmm, saving money yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to have a boring life. Cause it's totally not. It's just kind of comes down to your values. So spending money on things that you truly value mm-hmm. and, and just being very mindful about it. So mindful spending, value-based spending is what my whole mentality
0: yeah, and I know a lot of people who say they can't eat healthy because they can't budget like that. And seeing you, how you've been able to balance that is amazing. And it, I think it does really just come down to what you value. And if eating organic and eating healthy is something that you really prioritize, you'll be able to find it in your budget to do that.
1: Completely agree. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't always eat like this. Mm -hmm. I definitely had a transformation after college, looking back on what I used to eat and the cheap amount of money I would spend at the grocery store. It's crazy. Like I really did a 180 in the amount that I'm spending on groceries Mm -hmm. now, but it is like you just said, it's something I really value. I value what I put into my body and I know that it will in turn affect the way I feel. And going back to health and wealth and that combination, it's, really so important that you realize preventative measures will help in the future. So I came to the conclusion that if I'm mindful about what I put in my body, it will hopefully prevent other ailments or issues in the future.
0: And then yeah, ultimately save money because you don't have to pay for those medications and things like that. Crazy how it all goes together. Full circle. Yeah, right. So I know you said that you went to school for physical therapy. So kind of what got you into physical therapy, and why did you decide to take that career path?
1: I love being a physical therapist. It is the best job. Sometimes I will come home and be like, I hung out with my friends all day.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: It really is. I'm really fortunate to have found a career that's really fitting for me. Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, my parents are very hard on me. I have to say (laughs) they, I love them though. Mm -hmm. They were like, Nicole, you need to get a summer job or like make yourself busy because we're not watching you all day and Mm -hmm. like letting you just chill at home. So I started volunteering at a local hospital when I was, I think I was 17 at the time, maybe 16. And I somehow got Like it just, all the cards fell into place and Mm -hmm. I got placed in the physical therapy department. So I started working there just as an aide, volunteering, Mm -hmm. um, wiping down tables, helping patients, greeting, all that good stuff. And I have always been very athletic, not sporty, but like athletic. I've always loved exercising, even when I was younger. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember who Denise Austin is, but she was like a very old time exercise instructor. I'd put her on in the morning and like literally (laughs) arm routine. and (laughs) I was like the 15 year old who loved exercising, but Mm -hmm. hated playing sports. Got it. It So random. But It was so fitting that I was put into the physical therapy department for this volunteer job, and I had loved exercising. I got really close with the therapist, and you know, like I said, I was about 16 or 17, so it was that time where I had to start thinking about college, and I thought, well, why not be be a physical therapist? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm here, I'm getting experience, I'm getting like all the hours in, and it just happened. Like it just fell into place. So I definitely don't have a conventional answer for why I became a PT. I think most physical therapists will tell you that they became physical therapists because when they were an athlete, they got injured or, you know, they know someone that got injured or they were in PT themselves. But fun fact, I've never been injured in my life. (laughs) never broke a bone, never tore a muscle, nothing. But I was just like always again, like that active hyper fitness frenzy kind of girl Mm -hmm. growing up. And I still am. And it's just a really fitting job for me.
0: That's amazing how the stars just kind of all aligned. And yeah, I had to go to physical therapy. I was a gymnast in high school, but like not a Good gymnast, I was on TV, but I got a back injury and I went to physical therapy. And I honestly just wanted to go to physical therapy because it was getting me out of the swim unit. If I went to physical therapy for gym, oh my god! But I loved it. It helped so much. And just seeing how you have to really build that small, like the small strengths, to make sure that you don't get injured. I that's so crazy to me because I never thought about it like that. I just, I mean, especially as a gymnast, I would just kind of go do flips and just hope that I didn't get injured, (laughs) but really building up that strength. And I remember they were having me just do planks for just straight minutes and it helps so much. And I like, don't really have back pain anymore.
1: That's incredible. I love stories like that. And that's, that's the other part of my career that just makes me so happy is I work in an outpatient clinic, by the way, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of if you are, if any of the listeners are wanting to be a physical therapist or thinking about it, there are a lot of different avenues that you can go, um, like home care, outpatient, like what I do, inpatient, working in a hospital, working in a nursing home, subacute. So there's a lot of different avenues. I personally love the outpatient facility that I work at and that whole patient population that comes in because we work with all age groups. I see kids as young as like seven years old and as old as like 90 years old. Oh, so wow. It's really cool to work across the lifespan. And sometimes I feel like a genius. I'm like, oh, (laughs) you know, just teaching people these little things that I just think, oh, everyone knows this, but they don't. And it's really, really important just to teach people all these things about physical therapy and about their muscles. And I love educating my patients. That's probably one of the best part of the job. And then seeing all the change afterwards. So seeing people leave completely functional, being able to walk. Mm-hmm. run, be be back in, in their gymnastic mm-hmm. uh, career, whatever it is that they want to go back to. Just seeing those changes are just phenomenal for me.
0: So with all the, obviously, information that you're teaching these patients, what, if you could give the listeners, would be your number one tip to avoid injury? Really good question. So it's a hard question mm-hmm. too,
1: because I don't think there is just one thing that I could say would fix or prevent them Mm -hmm. from getting injuries, but I think the most important thing is to have a balance between your exercise routines. So what I see a lot in my clinic is, for example, I know you're a runner. I'm a runner. A runner would come into my clinic and just say, you know, they have, let's just say they have a hip problem, like their labrum's torn. Well, I ask them, what do you do besides running? Is running your only sport? And they'll probably say yes. So Mm -hmm that runner could have prevented that injury very much likely if they had incorporated mobility into their routine or if they had also strength trained in combination with their running routine. Mm -hmm. So I think having a balance is key. And like you were even mentioning before, you were a gymnast and that's kind of all you did when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time. Basketball players will come in. Football players will come in and they forget how important strength training and mobility is, especially the football players. They're so restricted through their mid back, their thoracic spine. They're so restricted through their hips. Like they don't have that flexibility Mm -hmm. that maybe someone would have that does incorporate stretching, strengthening, and their sport. Yeah. So yeah, my biggest tip definitely to prevent injury is just to have a balance between what you do. Just don't just pick one thing that kind of spread things out throughout the week of working out.
0: That's so funny that you say that about football players. My stepdad was a college football player and he four times a year. It's like clockwork blows out his back and cannot move. And that's so funny that you say that. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to be like, see, if you had just listened yeah. Um, oh my gosh. That's so funny that you say that about their lower backs. He, and he won't even be working out. It'll be like, we move at the beginning of quarantine. So it was like around May and We had moved all of our stuff in, and then two days after, so we weren't even, like, lifting or anything like that, he was reaching up to a shelf and blew out his back, and he'll have to lay down for, like, three days straight. Oh, no. I wish I could fix
1: him.
0: (laughs) I'll send him to Connecticut. And so also you slid up on one of my stories about acupuncture and you were talking about how you dry needle your patients. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that? That's so interesting. Oh,
1: of course. I love dry needling. So I dry needle a lot of my patients and clients that come in. So dry needling is completely different than acupuncture, but Mm. similar in the same regard. So Mm. basically dry needling is a Western medicine technique. So we use anatomy to determine where we're going to use, put the, needle versus acupuncture uses your chakras, your energy systems. And it's more of like a Chinese medicine technique. Mm -hmm. They both are great, but I am certified only in dry needling. So I'll just touch on what I know about Mm -hmm. that. So basically I had to go to several weekend courses to be certified in dry needling. And what it does is it uses an acupuncture needle. So it uses a small monofilament needle Mm. to And we put it into the muscle, right? So nothing gets injected, nothing gets taken out. So we will advance that needle into the muscle that we feel a trigger point on. So if I were to palpate or touch your calf, let's Mm -hmm. say, you know, you're, you just ran 10 miles and you're like, oh, Nicole, my calf's killing me. I'm feeling really sore. It's all locked up. So I'll I'll palpate, I'll feel, and I could feel like a little trigger point, which is basically a knot, like Mm -hmm. a palpable band of tissue. And that's where I would put the needle. So I'd advance the needle in, and then I can do a few different techniques. Like I can piston the needle and kind of like move it up and down. I could Mm -hmm. twist the needle to help stimulate the muscle. And so that's just one way we can use dry needling, right? So we can use dry needling to relax muscles, to reduce knots per se in muscles, Mm -hmm. or we can use dry needling to like wake up a muscle. And the whole theory behind it is the needle going into the muscle sends a signal to the brain to say like, there's something going on here. Send blood flow to the area, send anti-inflammatories, like help this muscle relax, help this muscle function better. And it works so well in my patients. It It's one of the best things that I've gotten certified in since becoming a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I have the ability to do this. So after dry needling, it's best followed up with active movement. So now that we stimulated the muscle, we have to tell it what we want it to do. So if, for example, your glutes aren't firing well, we needle the glutes and then we do some like isometric glute squeezes or we do glute bridges or we do sidestepping. We do anything to wake up the glutes. If your calf is tight, like the example I said before, we needle the calf and then we have you stretch the calf and we have you do heel raises and activities to stimulate the calf, right? So every patient's different and every patient responds a little bit differently to dry needling, but that is dry needling in a nutshell. And what I always tell my patients after dry needling is you have to drink a lot of water. You have to avoid using ice, but like heat is great. Mm-hmm. And just stay active after dry needling since it sends that signal to the brain and it's like the muscle is so awake at that point.
0: So, are you like completely fine with needles? Are you one of those people that's scared of shots? Or can you give the needles but not take them? Or are you fine oh, with all of it? <laughs>
1: such a legitimate question because it's hilarious. I had really bad plantar fasciitis one day, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I need to get back to running. Like, what do I do? Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to dry needle. So I had my coworker dry needle in me. The screams, the moans that came out of my mouth, all the patients were like, excuse me? <laughs> you dry needle, but you react this way?
0: Yeah, have you ever dry needles yourself? God, no. I,
1: I honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I hate being dry needled. <laughs> I'm such a baby when it comes to needles, but I'm totally fine doing it to other people, mm. obviously, because I know it helps. Yeah. I've seen all the results, but I am literally
0: such a baby. That is <laughs> so funny that you can give it so easily, but not take it. Yeah, I can't imagine dry needling yourself. I feel no, like I
1: never do that in
0: that mind that would just be a mind block.
1: No. And it's so funny, too, because I must like get excited about dry needling or something because all the patients will look at me and be like, she loves this. Look at the smile on her face. She's getting so excited about needling you right now. I'm like a freak,
0: I swear. So oh, funny, such like a funny thing to be excited about, just dry. I'm what? sure your patients come in, they're like, oh God, I'm sure I'm getting dry needled today. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I have so much fun
0: with my patients. That's so fun. Yeah. I love my physical therapist. It was so nice. Just, I like looked forward to seeing them.
1: (laughs) Right. I feel like I honestly do become friends with a lot of my patients Mm -hmm. because um, I always tell my patients, like unlike doctors where you kind of are in and out, I see my patients twice a week and I see them for an hour per visit. Mm -hmm. So I really get to know my patients and we get that really close relationship going, which is just again, phenomenal about my career.
0: Yeah. It's such a perk of the job. Right. Mm -hmm. And kind of uh, switching back into diet. I know you from your stories, I know you're a big meal prepper. So what do you, what do you love most about meal prepping?
1: Oh, I could not live without meal prepping. (laughs) Honestly, it gets me through the weeks. Definitely what I love about it the most is that it's just such a time saver. And back to like how money and health are interconnected, it saves me so much money. Mm -hmm. It really does. I always go to the grocery store like on a Friday or Saturday morning, and I get everything I need for what I had prepped uh, for the upcoming week. So I like to prep my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then even like some of my snacks that I plan on having and I do that for Monday through Thursday. So I know that Monday through Thursday, I'm gonna be eating the same foods. And at first, when I originally started getting to meal prepping, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of bored with it. Mm-hmm. It took time to get used to eating the same foods. And full disclosure, I even like hated leftovers. I wouldn't, as a child too, I would <laughs> never eat leftovers. <laughs> I'm like ew, I want to fresh. And now I just, I, I find that, if you find foods that are good leftover that like stay fresh for those four days, it's really no problem. It's honestly easy and it's fun. Mm-hmm. So my biggest tips with meal prepping is a, when you're just starting out, find meals that you actually love. Mm-hmm. So even if that's like pasta or something, like if if it's like chicken parm, mm-hmm. something like whatever, just pick, foods that you love and make those foods for those four days. Then once you get into it, you can kind of diversify your salad bowls or your burrito bowls, whatever it is that you're making, you can make it, you can get a little creative as you get more used to meal prepping. So that's definitely my number one tip. And don't feel like when you're meal prepping, you have to go into it knowing everything. You don't have to know your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Mm -hmm. maybe you just start prepping your dinners or maybe you just prep your breakfasts. It really is so helpful for just like staying regular through the week and not skipping meals. So I personally am never one to skip
0: meals. I like look forward to my next meal. Yeah, you and me both. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, okay, lunch is done. What am I
1: doing? Oh yeah.
0: Literally same. Oh my gosh, I eat my breakfast and as I'm eating my breakfast, I'm like, dang, I wonder what I'm gonna make for lunch today. (laughs) Really?
1: So it's like, because you know what's coming up, you Mm -hmm. always get to look forward to your next meal, but it is just so easy not even having to think about it. I know a lot of people as they get busy with school or work or whatever it is that they do, sometimes... People forget to eat because they get so busy, or Mm -hmm. you know they can't think about what their next meal is going to be. So meal prepping really ensures that you are eating wholesome and you're eating properly throughout the entire day. You're not skipping meals. uh, You're not stopping at a fast food joint because Mm -hmm. we have all been there where we've just been like so busy and on the go, and it's just like oh right. I can stop at whatever Chipotle and just quickly pick something up. Mm -hmm. But it really is just so much more efficient energy wise and financially just to prep everything ahead of time and have it ready for the, the days. And then I'm not strict, even though I meal prep, I'm not strict. And I think that's also important for the listeners to know is that you don't have to be a macro counter you don't have to be on like a diet or anything like that to meal prep mm. you can literally just say to yourself okay this is what I plan on having this is what I'm gonna make and if you don't want it that night maybe you make something different out of it like last week I made stuffed peppers and one night I just wasn't really feeling it I was like eh, I've eaten this for three nights how can I make a difference so I just threw some chickpea pasta with it and awesome. I had that instead. So you can plan in advance and you can prep in advance and then you can kind of make it your own throughout the week. So it doesn't have to be strict. And for me, I only do those four days. Mm -hmm. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I go out to dinner, I cook, I get a little bit more creative because I have more time.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. With kind of the 80, 20 mindset. Mm -hmm. I know kind of going into diet, uh, you have some pretty strong opinions on dieting. Would you mind sharing those with the listeners? Yes. So I am totally anti-diet because I think it just is
1: so restrictive. And I think the body and the brain, right, we always want what we can't have. Mm -hmm. So to put that kind of restriction on yourself just is so negative for your body for your body image for your mental clarity everyone's different though you know and some people need those guidelines to start so i'm not saying that everyone in the world should not diet because just like if you're trying to save money and you're just completely reckless with money some people need like the dave ramsey thing that's like do this do that do this and follow these steps same thing with people who are really trying to get in shape or trying to have like a specific goal. Some people need to diet. So just to be clear, I'm not saying that no one should diet and no one, you know, no one should do this. It's definitely okay for some people, but I think this like health and wellness culture has become so involved in Specific diets like you know, paleo or keto, whatever, whole 30. Mm-hmm. And not to say they're all bad, but my brain just doesn't function that way. If I know I can't eat carbs, I want them more. Absolutely, so right. So, I think even when I was younger. I didn't have body image issues, but I thought like, oh, you know, if I do this diet, I'm going to be so much more healthier and it would last three days. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be going back to eating refined sugars and all this bad stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's a lifestyle change that you really have to make. And that's what it comes down to is if you want to eat wholesome, if you want to eat clean, if you want to accomplish your fitness goals. You really have to want it just like the same thing goes with your money, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to want it and you have to have that drive to make lifestyle changes. It can't be a four-week change or a two-week change or a three-day change. It has to be a lifestyle change. And again, not restrictive changes. So for me, meal prepping is like my lifestyle change. It's my form of a diet because I know that this is what I'm gonna eat and this is all healthy foods and I feel good eating this way. But like I said, I'm not restrictive with it. If I wanna add pasta in, I'm gonna add pasta in. Or if I want to add a little cheese on top, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And that's just the way I roll. And I think that it's made me feel so much better about myself not having a restrictive diet. And without dieting, you have the ability to splurge a little bit. Like everyone should be able to eat a cookie if they want to eat a cookie. Mm -hmm. And like you, Liz, you have so many great recipes on your page that aren't completely clean, you know, no refined sugars, Mm -hmm. no grains. And I think that that should be the direction we go in rather than you can't eat grains or you can't eat sugars. Why don't we change our mindset and say you can eat sugars, but try to do it through fruit rather Mm -hmm. than through refined white sugars So just, again, it all comes down to mindset and lifestyle changes and evaluating what is best for you.
0: Absolutely. There's not a day I go without eating dessert. And that's exactly what you were saying with how it has to be a lifestyle change. I feel like the reason that so many diets fail or people who lose weight end up gaining that weight back is because the lifestyle changes that they're making aren't sustainable. And once they get to that goal weight, They go back to how they ate before because their diet's over and you can't live like that. You have to find a diet that a diet, like just what you're eating, that is super sustainable for you. And if you want it to be healthy and you want to keep that weight off, it's going to have to be a different lifestyle than you were living before.
1: Absolutely. I think that's so important for the listeners to understand and mm. hopefully start.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I like to wrap an episode up with some, what I call the fast money questions.
1: Awesome. <laughs> so
0: what is your favorite way to move your body? Oh,
1: I love it. <laughs> I am a huge yogi. So although I post a lot on my page about like lifting and mobility and things like that, Interestingly enough, my page actually started as a yoga page. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm a yoga instructor and a cycle instructor. And you were saying this actually in your first podcast, how you kind of started your page and stopped it and started and stopped it. Mm -hmm. I did the same. I kind of started my page um, when I was teaching yoga classes in Connecticut, and I wanted to kind of market my classes. So I put that on my page and eventually I changed from CT yoga with Nicole to a healthy profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my favorite way to move my body is through yoga. And I will try to implement more of those things on my page. Cause I just think it is such an important part of movement, you know, that mindfulness and that movement with meditation is so good for overall wellness.
0: I was just saying to my mom this morning, my mom is also a yoga instructor and <gasps> oh my- I've never been super into it. And on my to-do list, I have a like running to-do list on my reminders app, and I literally have yoga flow because I I'm like craving it. Like for some reason, I just want to do yoga so bad. And today, I said today will be the day that yes, I will do it. Do it! Mm-hmm. Do it. It's so, it feels so
1: good. Like there's something about yoga once you're done a yoga class where you just it's it's almost like that running high that you mm-hmm. get, right? It's the same thing with yoga. You just feel incredible afterwards, and. Fun fact too, I used to hate yoga. When my mom dragged me to yoga classes mm-hmm. as a kid, I hated it because I was hyper. Yeah. And now I just love it. Couldn't live without it, honestly. So you have to find the right type of class for you and you have to just figure out how to jive with it because a lot of people don't like it at first. So just give it
0: to um, What is your favorite recipe to make?
1: Oh, tough one. Um... I would say nice cream because I love ice cream, but the dairy just does not like me. Mm-hmm, so right. I have found so many great ways to make quote unquote ice cream in the healthiest way possible. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like to eat it almost every single night. <laughs>
0: I know. I feel like I always go to the grocery store. My boyfriend hates this. I go to the grocery store and I just stand, cause we always go to different grocery stores and I just stand in front of the ice cream section and look for new dairy free ice creams because I've never found one that I absolutely love. And I need to, cause it's either not that great.
1: Uh-huh. It doesn't
0: taste that great, but it's pretty healthy or it has so much added sugar. Like the ben and, ben and Jerry's one is delicious, but, but it's oh, so bad. <laughs> like it's so bad for you. So mm, I know. So I was, <laughs> I'm still looking I'm still looking for one that's more clean. There is a really good Chicago-based ice cream brand. I don't know. I think it's sold nationwide now. It's called Fronin. It's a banana-based ice cream. Ooh. So and there's no refined sugars or anything. It's literally the ingredient list I think is five ingredients
1: oh my gosh that's incredible Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I make my nice cream though is I just make a banana base and then add Mm -hmm. whatever flavor like chocolate or whatever I want into it Mm
0: -hmm. I definitely need to make some more nice cream so coming off of nice cream how do you define clean eating because there are hundreds of thousands of ways I feel like people kind of define it for themselves Totally. So I think
1: for me, switching my lifestyle, we'll call it, um, to clean eating meant reducing the amount of processed food or even like refined foods that I was eating from my diet. And really simply put, just including more whole foods, such as fruits and vegetables.
0: And then this is my favorite question of all of them. What's one thing you'd want your followers to know about you that they wouldn't get from your page? Oh,
1: well, I'm pretty open. I'm a pretty open book. And I think I actually already told some secrets like my yoga stuff and how this, my page changed. but I would say the other thing that you guys probably don't know about me is that I am a total traveler, but you wouldn't know that because of COVID. I have, <laughs> there's no to, traveling. <laughs> actually, I've had to cancel now four vacations. Oh my gosh. Since it started. Justin and I absolutely love traveling we got into like the travel hacking world where we travel through credit card points and things like that it's Mm -hmm. a whole other discussion we could get into because there's so much to it Mm -hmm. but we travel for a lot for really inexpensive and really cheap and oh I just can't wait to travel again so when we start traveling again when it's safe to do so you will be seeing more of that on my page
0: amazing where's your favorite place that you've been
1: Oh, um, tough. Well, I was supposed to be in Hawaii right now, so oh. I'm gonna say Hawaii. <laughs> oh gosh, that is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. See, I told you, I love traveling. <laughs> but um, yeah, Hawaii's gorgeous. If you have never been, you totally have to go.
0: I went when I was seven, so I have no like sure. recollection of it. But I need to go. We went scuba diving, and I there was a shark, and that's my only memory of Hawaii. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: So yeah, last time I was in Hawaii, I got scuba certified and yeah, and I had a bloody nose underwater and of course a shark swims by me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was freaking out, obviously, Yeah, but
0: we're good. I still love scuba. Survived it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It means so much for you to take the time and I'm just so glad that the listeners will be able to learn more about you. It was really fun, Liz. Thanks for
1: having me. Of course.